St. Paul, in, in his epistle to the Romans this morning, says, Brethren, what things soever were written were written for our learning that we might have hope. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. I think that the difference between, say, propaganda and the writings of God is that the one brings fear and confusion, while God's writing brings, as St. Paul says, hope. Webster's College Dictionary defines propaganda as the information or idea that methodically spread to promote or injure a cause, a movement, a nation, etc., and the deliberate spread of such information or ideas. Adolf Hitler once said, all that matters is propaganda. He might not have meant that literally, but what is true is that if someone can control public opinion, then that person has all the power. One writer commented, a government cannot have power if it does not have the support of the public, and propaganda can be one of the main weapons used in the psychological warfare and can significantly affect the outcome of a war. It can influence people to believe a certain ideology, whether that ideology is right or wrong. Now, although it did not have media coverage, one of the first known uses of war propaganda was used by Alexander the Great. It was a wise tactic, if I do say so myself. After being forced to retreat in a battle, he realized that it would be to his disadvantage to show that he was weak and was forced to retreat. So, in order to intimidate his enemies, Alexander's army made some oversized helmets and armor and left them behind as they retreated. His intent was that the opposing army would see the size of those pieces of armor and would be intimidated and not pursue him any longer because the, the oversized helmets made Alexander's army look like giants. Another occurrence of war propaganda occurred in the Vietnam War, where the Americans would kidnap and then blindfold some Vietnamese fishermen. Then they would take them off to an island and tell them that it was all part of a resistance group called the Sacred Sword of the Patriot League. Then after some time they would take the fishermen back to the mainland where they would spread rumors of the fake resistance group. The result of that was that the Vietnamese concentrated all their efforts on trying to destroy a non-existent group. Pretty brilliant when you think about it. But we've seen plenty of propaganda in our own country and really throughout the world 
these last few years, and all of it meant to cause fear, discord, and to get you to believe in the elitist ideology, and then just to fall in line with them. But the world is not the only one which has its propaganda. The devil has his own too. He methodically spreads false ideas, plants them in our mind, with the intent of injuring the cause of saving souls and of trying to destroy what you might call a nation, a supernatural one, the kingdom of Christ. Billboards and bad books, suggestive television do his bidding. And then that discouraging voice of a defeatist who says it's too much to fight against. And since the devil cannot convince us that hell is a good place and that everlasting torments are something to look forward to, because our hearts were made for God, we were made to be happy, and nature always seeks rest, not pain. So the devil instead convinces people by means of different propaganda that he spreads about of the pleasure of the moment. Like Alexander the Great, leaving oversized helmets to intimidate the opposition, Satan will take a temptation and make it somehow seem to be bigger than it really is, and the practice of virtue to be way too difficult. And so, we soldiers of Christ run away. Satan uses all sorts of psychological warfare, promoting false ideas to prevent the supernatural kingdom of Christ from spreading, and how easily we fall in to the propaganda, just as so many people have over the last couple of years. And then we fall into discouragement, and we give up on the cause of saving souls and of, and of extending Christ's kingdom. But as always, when trying to navigate through mounds of propaganda, one must first repress that instinct to react, to jump at what so-and-so is saying. Then he must take a step back, observe, reflect, think before acting, and ask himself, why am I being told these things? What interests are at stake? And then he must inform himself on the matter at hand. Our Advent program thus far has been to take that step back from everything, step back into the quiet in order to reflect on the things that matter, God, the immortality of the soul, 
and eternity. But today, I'd like to offer a second step in this program to help offset the propaganda of the world and of the devil. But first we have to understand this about human nature. We live in this world where everyone is talking all the time. Noise, we called it last week. A moment of silence in a conversation just feels awkward, even a short one. And there must be constant chatter so that quiet is really hard to come by. Everyone everywhere has a chance to talk except God. We flee, just as Adam did in the Garden of Paradise after he had sinned. He heard the voice of God and he went hiding. So, like Adam, we tend to flee the voice of God. Spiritual reading. This is our second step in the program. Perhaps you know what St. Jerome said of spiritual reading. When we pray, we speak to God. When we read, God speaks to us. How true that is. Reading a spiritual book offsets all the other propaganda, spiritual or temporal. This type of reading does not inspire fear or confusion. It only inspires courage and, as St. Paul said, hope. It has turned sinners into saints. It has turned good people into great saints. It has brought peace to many a troubled soul, and it has brought light to many souls who were in darkness. Spiritual reading. The soul that is filled with good thoughts, remember, what you hear in the world, in propaganda and news, fills your mind with bad thoughts, disquieting thoughts, and distracting ones too, but usually always fear. If that's what the reading of propaganda does, then the reading of good spiritual literature brings good thoughts, so that you are more likely to resist internal temptations. It brings peace of heart, because remember, your heart was made for God. Your intellect was made to know the truth. God is supreme truth. Your heart was made to love the supreme being, and God is that supreme being. You must fill them, your intellect and your heart, with th the things of God, and then peace will follow. So some practical thoughts. As I said, we live in an age when the average person, I'm not saying this goes for every one of you, but the average person does not like to read anymore. And this is all because of 
movies and video games and technology in general. And it has reached such a, it has reached such extents that most people nowadays can only watch a movie that is five to ten minutes long. Have you ever seen that on the Facebook? They show movies that are about between five and ten minutes. So the first thing to do is to recognize that as a problem, a tendency among people in our age. And the second is to take the practical step. What is that step? Well, if you don't have a spiritual book at home, then as soon as Mass is over, go to the bookstore. Pick out a book that you will re begin reading this Advent. And if you have a library at home, go home and immediately upon getting there, go to the bookshelf. Pick yourself out a book. The lives of the martyrs are fascinating and inspire with such courage. Or the writings of St. Francis de Sales, so very easy to understand and so extremely uplifting. He is always so positive in his approach to the spiritual life. And then stick to it. I'm sure you've all made New Year's resolutions or you started to go to get some exercise and it all fizzled out. Well, the reason it does is because you're doing too much at the beginning. That's always a sure sign of, that you're going to fail. So, with this, take just five or ten minutes a day. Start out small and work your way up. But start out small and stick to it. Then, if you still find it difficult to read, audiobooks. There are plenty of traditional Catholic audiobooks out there. You can find there's one online, traditionalcatholic.com, or there are plenty of them on YouTube that you can search for. And there's always the sites with our sermons. You know we have our own YouTube station. Now, St. Peter Chrysologus. He's today's saint. He was made a doctor of the church, and it was because of his sermons. They say that he always preached very short sermons. I read one just yesterday that was only two paragraphs long. They were never original, but they were always very much to the point. I suppose if I were to imitate him today and would have given a short sermon, I would have summed it all up in this way. Remember that the devil is the world's best propagandist. The misinformation that he spreads on how difficult the supernatural life is, is all the worst propaganda. And he's spreading his propaganda by telling us that Advent is meant for celebrating Christmas early. But it's all false. He, he does this to distract us from this season of great graces because he knows if people weren't partying now and instead 
focused on the spiritual, many souls would repent of their sins. Many souls would actually become saints. Advent is a season of preparation for Christ's coming. And the devil, with all of his propaganda, wants us to fear the voice of God and to flee it, distracting us from the matters of God and the soul, just as Adam fled from the voice of God. But today, resolve that you will no longer fall for Lucifer's propaganda of any sort, which only brings fear. But overcome your fear of hearing what God might tell you and the fear of what God might want you to become. Face that fear. Find your quiet time every day. And for five or ten minutes, read and see how God's ever-sweet voice inspires hope and courage in your soul. Brethren, St. Paul says, these things were written that we might have hope. May God bless you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.